Book Marasena As read by Green-Eyed Music Lover Part 2 Cosmogyre 4 She remembers everything about the moment she is born. She has gone outside Yang Liwei to die in starlight. She cannot bear to let anyone see her fear or her awe at the scale of destruction or her pity for the billions of souls dying in darkness back around Seoul. She cannot be among the other crew as they cling to each other and whisper reassurances, not even with her mother. She cannot surrender her mystery. So she kicks off the hull on 50 kilometers of tether. But there's no starlight to die in. The darkness is absolute. Gravity waves tug on her line, pulling her back toward Yang, and then hurling her away. In time, she feels another vibration in the line. Sister, the tether transmits. I'm coming out to get you. Brother, she thinks. You'll lose yourself trying to follow me. Captain Lee's voice breaks through the static, drawn out to a mumble, then compressed to a shriek. Spikes of hard radiation go through her words like bullets, spattering phenomes into eerie compression artifacts. This is the interstellar vessel Yang Liwei to the entity interacting with us. We are not involved in your dispute with the powers around this star. We are on a mission to begin a new life elsewhere. Our purpose is orthogonal to yours. We request your indifference. Mara's tether trembles with Aldwin's progress. She holds it in one hand and reaches out with the other, gripping the emptiness, feeling how the tides of broken space pull at her fingertips. She senses that the nothingness around her is not indifferent, that it is aware of all purposes, and that its own purpose encompasses them. It is infinitely hostile, because it must be. Suddenly, as if the void around her has spontaneously big-banged, she sees light. A point of pure white shines in the cosmic distance, not just visible luminescence. Her suit decomposes the spectrum, but light in the radio bands and microwave keening ultraviolet, a spike of gamma, a total and all-embracing radiation. It sings. It chatters. It speaks in a voice older than sun's. She feels that she could foyer the voice for a century and never decompose it into its parts. It is awesome and appalling and piercingly true. Mara understands how those who die in radiation accidents must feel. A single flash of invisible power sears away all possible futures except one. She feels her soul itself has been ionized, blasted into a higher energy state. The light pierces the darkness, not like the sunrise, not like a wall or a flood, but a single crepuscular ray, a finger of radiance that reaches out through deepest night to touch her. It illuminates Mara, Aldwin, and Yang Liwei. It is not quite enough. It cannot vanquish the shadow. Thus, Mara finds herself drifting on the edge of the light and the darkness, on the dusk and dawn gradient between the two. 
She feels a contest, a battle fought, an equilibrium reached, not a truce, but an infinite limit. Like an equation dividing by zero, a collision of two violent eternities. Mara queries Yang Liwei for telemetry and her sensorium fills with the terrified screams of gravitational instruments. She howls too, a feral sound, ecstatic and lost, a wolf baying at the stars. She knows what's happening. Too much power has gathered here. The universe is appalled by the paradox. Nothing that has glimpsed this collision of infinitudes can be allowed to escape. The cosmos must censor its embarrassment. It must sequester the anomaly. The slope of warped space-time around them has become too steep, and now every path outward or forward bends back to the center where light and dark collide. The definition of future has become synonymous with the definition of inward. This is why it's called an event horizon. For an object within the horizon, the path of all future things that can be done or seen leads inevitably down to the center. All events lead inward. A singularity is forming around her, a kugelblitz, a black hole created by the concentration of raw energy. Mara, Aldwin shouts, Mara, you're too far out. Mara thinks of her mother's face. She hears Osana say, I can't watch over you like a mother would. I have to make my own choices now. She fires the detached command to her tether. Gravity seizes her. She falls forward in space and time into the future, into the mystery. Yang Liwei is behind her. Aldwin is behind her. She wants to be the first. Extasiate One To occur the unhappened world, to grip glass-hooped eternity in blood-slick hands and snap it from its circle. Know her as the flaw, the isotropy, the spike that pierced eternal recurrence and made the wound of time. Tautologies end on her fingertips in the crease between skin and nail. Name her Ayalilia, broth captain. Begin her the subcreation. First, a mandala, rings of rippled light, pinpricks like stars, selected elements of a lie group, the math skeleton of this new place. What is this? Where am I? A sheet of paper, blank with static, her hands flat upon the face, a plasma of quarks and electrons so hot and bright that it is pitch black. The mean free path is too short for photons to travel. The fire is too thick for light. She has been here forever. Ayalaya. The end is the beginning is the end. She folds the paper into space and time. Now that there is light, she can read the paper, and she finds it is the Amrita Charter. Sun is the cradle of life, but we cannot remain in the cradle forever. She was a seeker. The Eye of Ayalalia, the arrow that points to new worlds. She sought new sun, new earth. Her mind passes across words like a comb. 
Word becomes world. Paper folds under nimble hands, the sting of a paper cut. So God may yet be surprised. From that cut, her blood scatters through the void, and the isotropic universe nucleates around her droplets. I am Ayalalia, the guiding principle. Bend the center. I am A-L-I-S-I-L-A, the arrow of time, sinuous, but progressing. I am A-L-I-S-L-I, one step forward, one element changed. This is how the world clock ticks, by the letter-wise permutation of secret names. I am Alice Lee, the coalescence into entities, the compaction of drifting fire into sun and world. I am Elise Lee, the power that seeks new worlds. I have a crew. I had a ship. I wanted to bring them to a place like a paradise world, twin-ringed impossible beauty, and a sky milk bright with stars. She makes it real with a thought, and in that thought, she falls herself, undoes her transient divinity, binds herself and all those after her into the law. The omniscient cannot explore. The omnipotent cannot struggle. She refuses that god trap. This. This is how Alice Lee awakens. Extasiate 2 She was nothingness. If she existed before, she existed only as possibility stretched across the ether. Once, there might have been a body that was an anticipation of the body not yet formed, and a soul that was an anticipation of the soul not yet encrypted but they were not yet real. Then the universe began, and she was free to be born. First, there is a mandala, and upon the rings of that mandala are star-bright gems. M-A-R-A-R-A-M, the closed symmetry, secret within itself, and she cuts it off-center so that it is imperfect open at one end, not cycling back to its own beginning, but subliming away into future possibility. M-A-R-A, the permutation of one relationship into another. Ma become Ra, Ra become what may yet come. Two points suggest a line. With that amputation around that scar, she incarnates awakens with a gasp, cold stone under her shoulders and back and a face above her, radiant. Mara? The face says. What am I? Mara whispers. The second. The woman says, I'm Elise. I think you were Mara. The sky behind Elise blooms with stars, a haze of light like sun through mist, richer than a galactic core, 
Across that night sky arches the impossible twin shape of a double planetary ring. Mara gapes in wonder. I remember, she says. I was on the tether. The sudden need to keep this memory secret shuts her mouth. We're on a world, she says instead. How long have you been alone? Forever, I think. Come. She draws Mara to her feet. I want to show you what I've found. In a world that grows, a world that thrives, the stone is rich with veins of platinum, and Mara tastes tingling inclusions and transuranic elements in a fingertip of earth. Silver rivers flow in fractal deltas to lakes as still and bright as coolant pools, acres of forest all woven at the root into a single tree. There is life of such variety and energy that each new crawling thing they see must be its own species. Or species do not mean anything at all here, and all that lives may intermingle. Jutting from the horizon is a titanic metal spear. The head of the spear is a metal dish kilometers across buried in bedrock. I don't know what this is, Elise says. I only know that it's mine. They pass inside. There should be others, Mara says afterward. There was room for others, thousands of others. Where are they? They're in the same place you came from. We have to make them real. Lee stares at Mara, and coruscations of white fire map the tiny lines and furrows of her skin. Her bright eyes narrow. Why were you the second? Why you in particular? I don't know, Mara lies. It is the first lie ever told, the first secret kept. Extasiate 3 Two became four, and the four called out, and so the four became eight. In this manner, conjured forth by their doubling, the sleepers did awaken. In time, the Awoken spilled across the face of the world, and their number was 40,891. They drank of the sweet rain, and they ate of the fruit of the forest, and the starlight pooled as clear oil on their skin. First of their tongues was speech, and the first of their hunting weapons was the bow. Now the Awoken called out for a name to distinguish world from unworld, the 891 said to the 40,000, Let this world be named tributary, for we dream of a great river from which we have parted. But the 40,000 were troubled, and they asked to know their antecedent, the place from which they came. We did not awaken from the sleep that we entered, said the 40,000. In our rest, we passed through some terminus, and our atavism was severed from us. How did it happen thus? So a council was called at the place where the rivers met to determine the nature and purpose of existence. Here was undertaken the first census, which counted 30,111 women, 10,295 men, and 485 otherwise. 
A fear arose among the Awoken that the men and otherwise would be lost. Elise Lee spoke first in council, but at the urging of Aldrin, many sought out Mara for secret conclave. Among these were Kelda Vaj, who would be the All-Teacher, and Scylla, who would be the mother of Asilla. Saith Elise, We were granted this world by covenant with high powers, and in that covenant we yielded our claim to our history. We abandoned what came before, but in doing so we cast off all our debts. Look forward. Let us explore this infinite cosmos and revel in its glories. Against her spoke Oama An, who was of the forty thousand. We are alien here, said Oama. We must climb up our world line, back to the place from which we came. I call for a vote, saith Mara in secret. I think that we came here as safe harbor, and we cannot forever remain. I remember the danger was appalling. I remember we were born in death. I think we must gather ourselves carefully until the time is right. From this council, there arose eight verdicts and a ninth. First, that the people were awoken, and they were immortal. Second, that this world was tributary of another, but that it was forbidden to seek any way to rejoin the mother stream. For this reason, it would be called the distributary, for that was the proper name for a river that branches from the mother and does not return. Third, the Awoken should multiply in wombs of flesh and machine, but only after the most careful forecast of population and ecology, and only under the supervision of those who knew the good technology, for each new child would be immortal. Fourth, that those wise in the good technology should be heralded and heeded, so that the U-technology could be preserved. They would be U-techs. Fifth, that the women should hold care and protection of the men and the others until more could be born. Sixth, that the purpose of the Awoken should be to know and love the cosmos. Seventh, that the Awoken were created out of covenant with light and darkness, but the covenant was complete, and no further debt would ever be called except the duty of the second verdict to remain on the distributary. Eighth, that the Awoken were whole in themselves, and they existed in balance. Ninth, that there would be no vote, but instead Elise Lee would be recognized as queen. Her first pronunciation was that there would be no secrets among Awoken, for Elise knew the quiet council around Mara, and although she was neither jealous nor afraid, she remembered it carefully as a spark that might catch. Phytocide 1 In those days, there was a great birth of adventure among the Awoken. Hunters and pioneers sought the shape of the world, sailors charted the skein of rivers and the perimeter of seas, and astronomers plotted the motion of the crowded heavens. Over this age ruled Queen Alice Lee, whose work was the creation of agriculture and the preservation of the U-technology that she deciphered. 
from the ship spire. But there remained in the forest many tribes of huntresses who preferred their light-footed freedom from comfort and duty to the painstaking surplus of the city. Among these tribes, Mara lived with her brother, whose name has returned to Aldrin, and with Osana, their mother. It is said that Osana lived as a negotiator and that her son brought her news from other tribes, for he was a scout and a hunter of renown. Mara dwelt alone on a mountaintop. In the tribes of the forest and the sea, there was the belief that the Awoken had been made out of friction between contesting forces, and that one day this conflict would need to be resolved. These were the Akaliast who preached that Awoken owed a debt to the cosmos. In the cities, however, they lived by the seventh verdict under their queen, and they said the Awoken had been created by cosmic gift, and carried neither responsibility nor eschaton. These were the Sanguine, who preached that the Awoken were as stable as an atom of carbon. Now there arose among the Echeliest a woman out of the 891 who called herself the Diasrim. She went into the cities, calling out, I accuse the queen of decide. When she was questioned, she spoke of a foundational crime. Elise Lee was the first to awaken in this world, the diasrim preached. She set the terms of our existence. We could have been gods, free of want or suffering. Instead, Elise Lee chose our mortal form. Our queen is complicit in all the pain we experience. The queen murdered all of our unborn godheads. At the thought that the queen without secrets had kept this most appalling secret to herself, the sanguine city folk were deeply troubled. Thus began the Theodicy War. Phytocide 2 it wasn't supposed to be like this, Elise Lee whispers as, far below the ship spire, the funeral barges on the lake of leaves burst up into magnesium-white fire. The voices of the paladins rise on summer wind, first chorale, then the single keening strains of grief paean sung by lovers and close friends. They are singing their lost comrades into death, one of the 891 fell today, shot down by a matter laser, a coherent bosom weapon. There was almost nothing left to burn. Matter lasers are the kind of appalling Maltec weapon Elise thought she'd locked up in the ship spire's vaults. She'd arm a few of her paladins with them, just a few, women she couldn't bear to lose. The thought that one might have defunct into the diastrum breaks her heart. It wasn't supposed to go this way, Elise repeats. She has not had an confidant in nigh on fifty years. There is no one to whom she can show any doubt. I promise you it wasn't. I know, Mara says. The Utex found her and plucked her from her mountaintop with one of the ship spire's VTOL aircraft, which Elise had, until the war, only ever used as an ambulance. 
the mission was to carry on the human journey in the new world. Elise paces the wooden deck that clings to the ship's spire airlock, nearly a kilometer above the lake. To build a better society on the principles of equality, knowledge, and peace. I have the Charter, Mara. It remembers what I cannot. We were never meant to give up our bodies or shine like stars or... Or... She groans in frustration and clutches the railing. Or whatever it is the diasrim thinks I denied them. She thinks you denied them even the capability to imagine godhood. Elise looks sharply back at the other woman. Did you start this, Mara? Nothing has one beginning, Mara says. Did she come to you on your mountaintop and ask you what I did? Did you answer her? Is that why she's so convinced I... She swallows against the bitter taste of her enemy's words. Enslaved her in mere humanity? I didn't have to tell her. Mara's white hair stirs in the hot wind. A herd of black horses crosses the northern horizon, all born of Shipspire's wombs, chased by a long-legged huntress and her collie. You don't keep enough secrets, your majesty. The diastrum might have opened any one of your texts and read the story you tell. We were born when a great ship fell into a pearl of shattered space. I awoke first, and in my awakening I collapsed the potential of the void into a form I understood. Who can read that truth and not hear arrogance? Elise thought Mara might say that. Elise also thought Mara might try to push her off the balcony, but she now knows that was a petty fear. Mara is not the diasrim. Mara knows the unthinkable value of even a single awoken life. Why do you love lies so much? She asked Mara. Not lies. The pale radiance of Mara's eyes, the flush of violet stain around them. Secrets. Even if everyone shared a single truth, all our minds would produce different versions of the truth. We speak these subtruths, and like flowers of different seed, the subtruths compete for the light of our attention. In time, only the fiercest and the most provocative strains remain. They are not always the truest. Better to keep secrets, your majesty. Better to tend a great mystery and so starve the flowers before they can grow. That is how I would be queen. Below the lake of leaves shimmers in the crater carved by Shipspire's mushroom prow. One by one, the funeral boats are going out. I want to end this war, Elise Lee tells the second Awoken. I want to negotiate peace. I need your mother's help. What would you ask in exchange? Mara smiles graciously and bows her head. Nothing but a future boon. Fidea Side 3 To end a world with a shot, or pin eternity on a blade, to see your sisters lost to rot and their undone works decayed, the death of an immortal waste the infinite potential of all they might become, an immortal's grief 
and murder guilt, left untended, will never fade. Thus it became known to those who fought in the Theodicy War that they had committed an incomparable evil. However, they could not confront their own responsibility, so they rose up in wrath against those who had given them cause, whether by caging them in flesh bodies or by drawing blood over grievance. The war continued by spear and bow, by knife and scapel, by old machine and new invention. Ever did the Diastrum's faithful call for the unawaring of Queen Elise Lee. Now there entered into the Diastrum's camp Osana, mother of Mara, famed for her skill in negotiating contested land. She had come with her son Aldrin, who could win a place in any camp for his beauty, and for the regal crow eagle that alighted on his shoulder. I come from Mara, said Osana, whose heart has frozen in her chest. If you will end the killing, she will tell you any secret that you desire. For his part, Aldrin went among the Diastrum's warriors and spread ill tidings of Mara's knowledge, saying, Mara remembers how the queen led us here out of chaos and saved us from the twin blindness of darkness and light. Mara knows what the queen keeps secret. Mara has seen the strife in our souls, the clash from which we were made. We could not ever have been gods with this flaw in us. Rather, we were made from the schism. For as all life is born from energy gradient, as life in the world before was born from the gradient between hot proton-rich vent water and cold seawater, we were born of the shadow line at the edge of light and dark. We are tremors in that fault. Forever will that schism lead us. Hearing this new heresy, the Echaliast were seized with rapture and scattered to the points of the compass, telling all they met. We are the yield of a mighty engine. We could never have been gods. Like diamonds we were crushed into being. Like diamonds we hold flaws. Meanwhile, Osana spoke to the diastrum, who was also heartsick from the killing and who longed to withdraw from the world and seek transcendence within. There is no guild for the murder of an immortal, Osana counseled her. You must become a teacher or a midwife and devote yourself to the enrichment of new lives. But the diastrum craved secret knowledge, and she sought Mara upon the mountaintop. Here she vanished. If she was ever known again, it was not by the name Diastrim. When there was peace, Queen Lee ruled the Awoken for a time. However, the guilt of the war lay heavy upon her, and after an age of peace and progress, she abdicated to a new queen, 